One even fair as a sun was shining. This podcast is sponsored by Kelly's Bar, Oswald Street, Glasgow. Live Irish music every week from your favourite singers and bands. Check out the Kelly's social media page for more information. How are we all doing, folks? And welcome to the third Rebel Collective podcast. This is a monthly music-based podcast that will feature various different guests of a rebel nature. We'll be getting to know some of their favourite songs and the songs that help shape the artists they are today and hopefully gaining a bit of insight into their background and influences. My name's Coach and our guest this month is Alan Quinn. Alan began performing in 1992 with the popular Irish rebel band Goldtimore. In 1997, the band went their separate ways and Alan, with bandmate Timmy, went on to form the band Shabin. After more than two decades, Shabin still remain one of the most popular Irish rebel bands to date. They've released five albums, including the popular Live at the Craigan album, and have toured all over Europe, as well as Australia and America. Alan, welcome along, my chap. Well, Coach. How are we? Good. Not too bad? All good, mate. Yeah. Excited about this one? Yes. <laughs> right, with the, with the first two podcasts, we've been right back to the, the beginning of the other boys' kind of musical careers, so mm-hmm. when did it all start with yourself? When did you first start playing music? Yeah. Uh, Goldie Moore and wee Johnny Waters was because I was fickle sight at that particular point in time. I first met Johnny at his brother's, I think it was his silver wedding anniversary, and um, I was very friendly with his, his nephew, Michael. At a party, I met him, and Michael said I could attempt to sing a song with Johnny, and he played Banner Strand or something along with that. And then a few months later, I got the phone call for wee Johnny asking if I'd like to become a member of the Goldie Moore. I mean, that was it, took it for then, that was the early 90s, played with Gotham for a few years. We had a flute band background, that was when you know, started playing um, music. Joined the Sons of Iron in the late 80s. That's how I actually got to know Johnny, because I used, I used to be a social convener for the Sons of Ireland flute band, and then I booked Johnny through, as well as other bands as well, and then got to know him kind of personally, do you know what I mean? And then obviously, used to travel, tour the, um, the flute band, if you like, with Belfast, Derry, Dublin, Armagh. Got to know a lot of people through the band. I mean, obviously, when Gottlieb and Shabin kind of, well, Shabin Moti, Shabin kind of started up with a lot of help for a lot of people through the years that I already knew, do you know what I mean? So it was a, kind of easy at the beginning to get kind of well known. But crap, to tell you the truth, at the very beginning, you know what I mean? But because of the people we knew and that, and then obviously we just stuck at it and got a bit better. So was that something you always wanted to do, like go and actually front a band or no, did, you just, really. did you just just happen that way? No, it just kind of happened. Just like say, before Shabin, the like Errol Logan stuff, go and see them and book Gary and the boys and other bands, Barney's, Arthur and Rye, stuff like that, just got to know them all. So before Shabin even started, I was already kind of friendly with everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe, I don't know, maybe Deep down, maybe in the back of my mind, it was forming a band. But when Johnny asked me to join Gottlieb, it gave me that platform, if you like, to be more, because I was very nervous and all that kind of stuff at the beginning. But right, through okay. the years, you get used to it, do you know what I mean? Was it a different kettle of fish, singing no, one aye. or two songs a night, to going on and actually doing a, mm-hmm. a full gig no, in front, front no. of the band? Were you nervous? Were you nervous? Gottlieb Moore, we Johnny, did a lot of the singing as well, so I was only singing maybe... 30 40 percent of the songs, a lot of the stuff I was doing was like backing stuff. Mm-hmm. But when she'd been started, that was at like the main 
singer. Do you know what I mean? Every song yeah. was me done it. So it took a bit of time to get used to it. But obviously as the years went on, months went on, whatever, we get better and I became more confident as well. When so did did Galtimore tour or did they just No, play, not really, no. I mean I've played Nyan right, right. It was always just mere local kind of scene through like Republican flute bands or Celtic supporters clubs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um like Springburn Celtic Club, which is a way now, played there quite a few times up in Royston, because South Celtic Supporters Club, which is also you know. Um Croy Miners, places large, you know what I mean? Right, okay. Brazen. But no, we've done all right, it's good. Right. Good. You're talking about 20 odd years ago, do you know what I mean? I've gone back a few years now. Yep. You're one of the daddies of the. I was, my, <laughs> I was all in my 20s. Senior then. members. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. So, Galtimore split up. How did how did that come about? And <laughs> is it sure she been no talk about that? No. Let's, let's move on swiftly. How did she been start? Well, <laughs> um, the Galtimore split up. It was, at that time, it was myself, Timmy, uh, Johnny. Waters and uh, Big Dennis McAdam and uh, we decided to kind of form two bands at the one band so me and Timmy went and met up with Bobby <laughs> Longworth and Mark O'Neill who were in the Blarney Roses at that time we decided to form Shabin, Johnny and Dennis went and formed the Foggy Jew which mm. Dennis is still a party to this stage you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so they've been going a long time as well so me, Timmy, Bobby and Mark um, formed Shabin at that time you know, who, who, who came up with the name? <laughs> me yourself yeah, I was I, see for years I thought Shabin was a Gaelic word no, well, must have been Brit suit or some lad we went to <laughs> we went to the flute band we went to Balahi uh, early 90s don't exactly know what year it was and uh, boys from the South Derry Marcus flute band put us up and they took us to a Shabin mm-hmm. about 3 o'clock in the morning it was a mad farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and uh, the candles and there was no electricity and it was, it was a, a mad bar just cans of beer and like bottles of whiskey and vodka and stuff. I said, this place is mental. This is a Shabin. It's a legal pub, isn't it? The RUC raid it every now and again. So, <laughs> how's that? This is my kind of place, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it always stuck in my mind. The name Shabin. And I said, if I ever uh, have main band, I'm going to call it Shabin. And that's what he's like, that's how it, that's how it started. Right, okay. It's, it's so legal drinking then. Legal drinking. <laughs> kind of sums us up at that time, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, what was the, the line-up to start with? We then the lead vocals, Timmy, then the accordion, mm-hmm. Mark and Neil uh, done the bass, guitar, and uh, Bobby Longworth done the acoustic guitar, and I had a, a wee side drum thing that I played like an offbeat in the early yeah. days, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. So you'd, had you been playing a wee while before you decided to start recording? and. Uh, no, oh, no uh, just st- straight in. We started in 1997 in McCormick's Bar in Bell's first gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of progressed kind of pretty quickly. We were crap for the first while, but we'd done a lot of practicing at that time mm-hmm. in McCormick's. And then about five months later, I think we started in July or August, late July or August, but come November that year, we decided to... Mark's, Mark and Neil's idea was to try and raise the profile of the band. So we recorded... Uh, and they did their own PDF, CD. Mm-hmm. That was, we were going less than six months. Right. Uh, we were a bit of financial support for people for Tyrone to bring out the CD and release it. And all the money raised at that time was went to uh, Republican prisoners' families whose um, husbands, sons, whatever, were in jail. Do you know what I mean? At that mm-hmm. time. So that kind of got us kind of well-known early because a lot of people was impressed because a band at such an early start would do some. Um, so financially rewarding for the, the families, you know what I mean? So it kind of goes a good name. Okay, and so like, 
uh, over the years, you've had quite a few members. Have you any idea how many members you've no, been in actually? No. <laughs> well, Mark reminds me of that spinal tap. You know, right, right, no, Mark left the band, and uh, well, Bobby left the band. Well, that's a lie, actually. We just had a wee bit of a meeting, and we decided um, uh, Bobby was no longer in the band. That was maybe going about a year then. Um, we got wee Joe Hayes in. Joe played the drums. Like I took it to a different level again, do you know what I mean? I was at the full drum kit then. I was kind of sacked for the the snare drum, if you like, which was a good idea in my eyes. I loved it. That, that snare drum was a nightmare for me. You can jump about a bit more now. It was an offbeat. If you try and clap your hands to what an offbeat, it's hard to sing along at times, but I got used to it after a while. And then we had Joe, then that was it. The kind of band kind of progressed then, do you know what I mean? Uh, for like, 1999, 2000 upwards, that's when we started to get real well known. The Live and Craig and CD, we released at least the Spandy REC CD as well. We shot the money for that CD, went towards the Republican uh, families as well. So Joe joined the band in 2001, Mark left the band. And then that's when we get Big Pat, who's to this day still in the band. Um, Sinky came into the band then as well. So we were kind of stable for a few years, obviously my, myself, uh, we Joe. Pat, Sinky, and Timmy. And then Poji appeared about that time as well. And the band really, apart from maybe we joined the drums, the band's kind of stayed the same last 15, 60 years, you know what I mean? Same kind of members. The first gig I ever done was we. She'd been very right. aye, Tully's and Mother. Me mad with it. I don't know, I don't think it was. It was an afternoon one. <laughs> I was so aye, aye, it was. <laughs> nah, but, I mean, and for the last maybe 15, 16 years, the band, the core of the band's been the same. The drummers have changed a, a, a bit, a wee bit, you know what I mean? McGinty yeah. for in, a, a lot of years when Joe left. Then more recent times, Jay has been playing the drums, you know what I mean? So, no, nah, that's just got on me, but I'm kind of getting older now, you know what I mean? I'm still enjoying it. So, see, uh, look, it was 97, 97, she'd been just started. Mm. Uh, that was right in the middle of the kind of 90s rebel boom in Glasgow. Uh, do you think that kind of helped with the, helped with, been, helped with the popularity? Or, or did you remember that happening? It was well, I, I mean, by that time I was in my 30s, you know what I mean? I'm 1997, I was just 31, 32. Yeah. But before that, so we had a hog starting as well, a few years before us, they brought that kind of mad. Well, there weren't any pilgrims in Athens, right, eh? but they were always more like the kind of younger kind of group that associate with them because they were all kind of young guys and that, that drive, that passion mm -hmm. was there to be seen. She influenced me as well. This is on the uh, documentary that they were all, you know, Gary's releasing. But no, it, it kind of comes naturally because when you're kind of brought up with that kind of scenario, you get a lot of people that then maybe just, um, it meant a lot to us, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's just, I think you can see that, and especially in the early days with the kind of passion of the band that she'd been kind of brought as well. Yeah, okay. Mean? Uh, I don't want to delange in it here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shaveen seemed to get a wee bit more uh, attention for the authorities. Mm. So how do you think that came up? <laughs> well, just probably because of the, the attitude that, that we had. Um, and the people that we know as well, do you know what I mean? A lot of friends in Ireland and Scotland who have had a lot worse than us. People spend time in jail. And mm. It's when you're on stage and you're singing songs with people that's... Um, gave them lice for Ireland. It's, you take it very seriously. I think that mm -hmm. a lot of the the people uh, that we would class as the British establishment, if you like, would take offence to us being so passionate about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, group are way to try and further the cause through education and through songs, yeah. um, and also we've raised a lot of money. Just a lot of bands have over the years. So that gets noticed. You know what I mean? But we're 100% behind the peace process at this particular moment in time. So. 
Yeah. That was what you're talking 15, 20 years ago. And, mm. But no, I don't regret nothing. Right, no bothers. Uh, so any any memorable gigs stand out? For, for Shabin? Over the years, aye, aye. Or even for yourself, for yourself. No, I had lots of gigs. And always, and I always, you're always, anywhere you play, you always use a good turn out with the crowd and that, and you're singing songs about maybe volunteers that's passed away and their families are maybe in the crowd, you know, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, kind of hits home a wee bit, especially when you're playing to people like that. Um, Glasgow, the barland, obviously, before the band is. <laughs> we band for there, no? <laughs> it, was, it was a good gig. Um, big functions with a lot of people. The one, the Ocean Street Party in 2001, you're talking about 15,000 people, was it that? Right, right. I mean, Celtic won the, the league that day. Moving is, to, is that the... I don't, I don't know if this is just a story or no, when, when you get the whole crowd to be quiet and you phoned the loud and... Aye, that was that same that day. Actually, right. How did you manage that? I don't know. I probably <laughs> just followed the booze. Yeah. No, just, that was just a, a bit of a joke because we were getting tortured. Rangers had been nine their own or that kind of stuff, and Celtic had only just broke that a couple of years before. So we were still kind of odd, you know what I mean? I forget the, the dark days when they were beating us every every season. It was hard, which is good. Now Celtic's kind of playing well, it was just a wee bit of noise up, you know what I mean, because we took it for years for them, so a bit time here we got a fun bag. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that gig sticks in my mind. Ireland, live in Craig and CD, that, that was Easter Sunday, which made it even better in 1999. Yeah, that'll be 20 years ago next year. That was, um, that was a good gig. Plus, mm -hmm. we knew it was getting recorded live, and that kind of made that we'd be extra special as well. And a lot of people um, at that gig, it's going to stick, that one kind of sticks a lot, you know what I mean? So favourite places to play? Do you have a particular place? Um, no, Scotland anywhere would really be kind of, as I said, the Barland was good while it lasted, we played there. Derry would be always a kind of uh, spiritual home, I feel like, for Shabin. Close to the heart. Because, aye, be. because we kind of, we used to, in the early days when Shabin started, we could turn up in Belfast and take maybe <laughs> 10 people, if you're lucky. Mm. It took us a long time to kind of get kind of well known in Belfast for some strange reason. But Derry was like, for the first time, Right up to even now, everywhere he goes, it's packed out, do you know what I mean? So I've got a lot of friends up there, a lot of friends in Belfast as well, but Derry, I don't know, would be more kind of, I don't know, like kind of closer, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The crowd anyway, not the people, the crowd. Right, so I'm going to move on to the songs you brought to us to have a wee listen to first, but just just before we, we wrap this up, uh, Shabin kind of have that hard drinking party kind of crazy reputation. <laughs> right. Is it true? <laughs> How did that all come about? Yeah, not so much, yeah. I think we're all getting older now, do you know what I mean? I mean, everybody in our band, apart from maybe Poggy and JF, I mean, they're like in the late 30s and 40s, I mean, like myself, part time, we were on in my 50s, you know what I mean? So, getting on a wee bit now. <laughs> but no, nah, I don't know, I think that kind of stemmed for me personally, kind of stemmed with the flute band. Right, you know I mean, right. because you, you would always be kind of, always maybe 20, 30 guys, and you're always having a good laugh. Don't get me wrong, when you're on parade, known marching, and representing the Republican movement in Ireland, mm -hmm. um, you're always in your best behaviour, if you like. But it, it was always the, that camaraderie and comradeship and friendship and stuff. And you don't dislike a lot of your mates and that get together. It's a big family, do you know what I mean? And it continued on through Shabin. Shabin would be the exact same. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know yourself, you've played with, yeah. there's loads of other people for different bands have played. You always. You always got a good laugh, but you know, time, aye, but you know when they behave. I mean, you're up there on stage singing songs about the uh, volunteers and their families and the struggle for Ireland's freedom. So it's serious, very serious stuff. Do you know what I mean? But it's good to put your hair down sometimes. Have a laugh. <laughs> One even fair as the sun was shining, 
This podcast is sponsored by Kelly's Bar, Oswald Street, Glasgow. Live Irish music every week from your favourite singers and bands. Check out the Kelly's social media page for more information. Right, so uh, we asked you to bring a few songs along, Alan, that we could have a wee chat about that you might have liked when you were growing up or something that influenced you along the way. So what was your, your, your first song? Um, I loved the old Disney films when I was younger. So the Jungle Book. Oh, was that's a, a classic. An absolute. Not, um, I'm the King of the Swingers was a Jungle VIP. <laughs> <laughs> Can you use a wee rendition? Oh, <laughs> Imagine it for fuck's sake. I, I could I could do the wee monkey with a trumpet. No, <laughs> <laughs> no my first song. Um, oh, was it know the Jungle Book? No, no. Oh, right, okay. So my we, first song I picked was uh, actually Somebody Sex Pistols. Growing up in the well, the 70s or teen years, if you like, um, I became a punk rocker. Um, sometimes I still think I'm at times, you know what I mean, with the style of music she'd been made play. But Anarchy in the UK would be a kind of big anthem that stuck with me through the years. And I f- fulfilled a kind of a dream, if you like, a few years back, and I went to see Six Pistols live in Glasgow. Yeah, SECC, and it was tremendous. And that song was always, it's always a kind of song that kind of puts me in a great mood. I just like the buzz to it, do you know what I mean? A bit of the just anti establishment type stuff. Brilliant song. Well, let's go, you listen to it then. <laughs> So you seen yourself as a bit of a, a punker then? Yeah, I think that's where the, the kind of aggression and enthusiasm comes from on stage. Yeah, it's a big influence of Sex Pistols, not just me, but a lot of people, do you know what I mean? And the, especially that song, that song was what a lot of people kind of put music to a different level in the late 70s. Join Lydon into this day was remain like one of the kind of like musical heroes, you know what I mean? So. Did you see the kind of punk music scene sort of similar to the, the rebel scene in any ways? Or? No, not really, no, because no. I think the punk, I think it was just that time, of, that time of life, if you like, but the Republican seemed to be more, more personal, do you know what I mean? More like um, people's feelings, people's thoughts, like a struggle, a movement. Mm-hmm. The punk scene, that, that, plus I was only 13 or something as well, do you know what I mean? So I never really had any political awareness at that particular point in my life, mm-hmm. but that came through time, obviously. Okay, well, the, well, the punk music scene had, had a lot of attitude about it, so that's mm-hmm. I always see Shabin as a kind of the band with the attitude and 
the on stage presence. Yeah. And, you know, do you ever do you know see Shabin a wee bit a wee bit like that? And sometimes, I suppose, I suppose sometimes the way you get, but I think that the, the kind of on stage presence and the attitude is more to do with um, feeling as if that you're. Uh, it's hard to explain. You're representing people when you're on that stage. I know that that attitude. I mean, people's that spent. Uh, same for yourself, coach. I know guys that spent 15, 20 years in jail yeah. because mm. of what they believe in. So I'm up there, like, trying represents probably a wrong word, but it's um, it's hard to explain. You can see the, there's a lot of passion when you're mm-hmm. when you're singing. Uh, so what was your your second song of choice? Um, I've done it years. My first song was in the seventies. So this next year was uh, this next song was the eighties. When I started to build into pubs and all that, maybe 1983, 84, um, I've always been a big kind of guitar, drums, bass, in your face type person for music wise. Mm. And I became a massive, absolutely massive big country fan. Uh, Stuart Adamson would be a big um, influence to me, just his attitude, his passion, the feeling for his songs. Um, if you also like seeing Chibi's Live in Craig and CD, for instance, when I see the uh, sing the Samsung, I can remember the one, two, three, four, but before mm-hmm. they came in with Big Country done that with Fields of Fire live. Oh, okay. Um, and if you ever see a chance see Big Country singing that song live, it's so that's where I got the, the inspiration, if you like, to be like that. Big, I've seen Big Country like 16, 17 times live through the 80s, through the 90s, and I was like, used to dress the same and spike on my hair. And, we have check t-shirts and check shirts and rolled up jeans and all that kind of stuff. I was shoot Adams was like a right big hero, I mean. And he still is. Sadly he's passed away, do you know what I mean? But um Fields of Fire, the big country would be a song that would be even to this day very important to me. Mm-hmm. Very, very good song, very good uplifting song. Hell got a wee quick listen to you then. One, two, three, Fire, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a recurring theme or anything, but the first um, the first podcast we had was young Connor, Aye. and <laughs> he picked a big country song. See, yeah. he was telling us he told you all about big country, yeah, and big country that time. I mean, through the eighties and that, but 
Put that in your fucking pipe, you bastard. <laughs> she put you onto big country. <laughs> no fucking bye, fucking cunt. See when he fucking put it on a big country, I was like, you fucking wank. Tom's going to pick that all, but feels a fire just as good. <laughs> but uh, a big country, they've got that great big, the big sound, the big home no, sound. I love all that kind of stuff, that big in your face kind of music, do you know what I mean? Big, if you watch any big country uh, videos for the 80s and 90s, especially when shoot arms and was it a lead singer and they were kind of at their heyday. I mean, the passion in that stage was unbelievable, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to see him in the Glasgow Apollo in 1985, right. and that was... Tremendous. The bar line so many times. I've seen them in um, Livingston, Edinburgh, Stirling, Outer Scotland, uh, Newcastle in England. Just, I was a big country fan. You know what I mean? I was like, just that was the way it, the way it was for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Still never leave you, do you know what I mean? As I said, it's just... My mum, my dad, my sister and all that was the... We used to get moaned all the time because of speakers out the window blasting in a big country fields of fire. Lost Patrol, the Crossing album. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Neat to this day is probably one of the best albums ever. They released that in 1983, do you know what I mean? And, and plus, it was kind of based in Dunfermline as well. Being Shoot Arms and being Scottish as well, kind of that kind of mod, you know, yeah. that kind of nationality type thing, you know, it was good. Um, so, it meant a lot at that particular time for me, big country. No bother. And the the third and final song um, in the 90s uh, Manic Street Preachers mm-hmm. brilliant band seen them live a few times me and Sinky um, went to see them a few times seen them in the bar land and King Tuts and all that kind of stuff and uh, I was always a right good fan of them they kind of reminded me of Big Country a wee bit as well do you know what I mean that, the James the, the singer was tremendous and the passion that he that showed on stage it reminded me of Stuart Adamson I kind of clicked right yeah, away yeah. And uh, they brought out like, a design for life and uh, a song called Australia as well, which is amazing. But then they brought out the, if you tolerate this, then your children will be next. And by that time, um, I think that was in 1994, they brought that out. I was like well involved in the flute bands and Ireland and stuff like that. And I kind of related to the the song and reminded me like just different things like Bobby Sands and stuff. If you tolerate this, then your children will be next. Yeah. As Bobby Sands says about the revenge will be the children's laughter and stuff do you know what I mean that kind of, of course, I yeah, looked at yeah. it like that and then I kind of listened to the song a wee bit more the song's actually about the Spanish Civil War which I never knew the first time I listened to it but once I get, get into it um, just basically tells about the idealism of the volunteers who joined the uh, International Brigade fighting for the, the Republic against Franco and fascism yeah, yeah. and one of the lines of the song's actually saying if you can shoot rabbits then you can shoot fascists do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bit just ordinary men, farmers, whatever, joining the International Brigade to go and fight against uh, Franco's uh, fascism. So that kind of made it even hot home a bit more, do you know what I mean? If you tolerate this, then your children will be next. It's actually a poster yeah. that the International Brigade used about a, a young kid who uh, died. It shows you like airplanes, bombers, so, oh, oh, and aye, stuff. And that yeah, was yeah. how they got the, the name of the song. It's kind of all linked, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, plus it's a fantastic song the words are amazing you know well, that, that was in the charts that was, that was quite big in the charts back in the days that was a massive song great song so essentially it was a, a label song that was mm-hmm. in, in the charts um, but as I say I've seen the Manic Street Preachers live and they're one of the best bands about you know what I mean they're really really good but that song um, if you tolerate this then your children will be next kind of hot home in a lot of different fronts for me 
big part, Pogey McGinty will be fucking just waiting for me to fuck up so they can terrorise me. <laughs> uh, right, so just a couple of quick questions. Um, why this type of music over others, you want Why do you sing rebel songs? Uh, to try and moan be a bit to moan way to educate people for a start about um, people who gave their lives for Ireland fighting for freedom people who spent time in jails for the families that have suffered just to try and make it more I don't know it's hard to explain it's just that I believe in it and that's something, it's something you it's just like to put your point across to people. Um, hey, do you have a favourite rebel or political band? Out with Shabin, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't expect you. Yeah, the Wolf Tones are the Wolf Tones are always that. They can introduce me if you like to the the, the kind of big um, ballads and stuff. I see the Mick Glasgow yeah. Paul as well. Panga Band, the Wolf Tones are always my two kind of favourite bands. You know what I mean? But I like a lot of bands. If anybody's kind of passionate enough mm. about if they mean it, you know what I mean? And you know, you can, I've always got time for people who yeah. who mean what they're trying to put the message across. Do you have a favourite rebel or political song? Boys of Brigade. Boys of Brigade, that was easy. But <laughs> always, from a very young age, just it's a song that kind of means a lot to me and I kind of relate to. And I don't know, just the words that kind of hit home, do you know what I mean? So, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um. 62. <laughs> probably still doing the same coach, you know. I mean, as long as I've got my a voice that will kind of put the message across and people are happy enough with she being in, uh, I'll still be doing it till the day I die, hopefully. So, where, where do you see rebel music in 10 years? Um, in fairness, no, I don't really think, really think she, rebel music, Republican music has changed that much. It's for the early days, I think it's just you've got more people, um, younger ones coming through, which is always a good thing. Um, I don't know. Just as long as people try their best and do their best, then there's nothing really concerning. You've got the support of the Republican community in the North and South Island and all over the world. As long as that happens, I'm quite happy just to go on with it. And obviously, it's a very important part of uh, my life that my family, especially, are 100 percent behind me in there. Obviously, for day one, do you know what I mean? So that's um, it's an important part. It's the the backbone of your family and. It's, it makes it a bit harder and also knowing that you've got the backbone of the Republican movement in, in Ireland behind you it's sort of worthwhile you, you, you're kind of it means a lot to people do you know what I mean so what's going on musically at the minute with Alan Quinn it's the same mate just as I say just singing away and just uh, trying to further the cause of the Republican struggle in Ireland through music that's all we can do and just keep doing it until we're no longer required. Hopefully it's very soon. So if somebody was wanting to come and see see his play, see Shabin play or see yourself play, where would, where would they go at the minute? Kelly's Bar would be every Friday night and every Sunday afternoon in uh, Oswald Street. Every Saturday we play either the Squirrel Bar and or Taylor's Tavern, Rotate. Um, Sunday afternoons we play in... Kelly's Hamilton just opened up a couple of weeks ago every Sunday night Kelly's Oswald Street or Friday night Kelly's Oswald Street they're alright four residences you know what I mean she been still play um, maybe once twice every every couple of months we've got a couple of big gigs coming up over the next few months I'm looking forward to we're doing the 
big function for the Green Brigade and the uh, Classic Grand in July. Then we've got a massive few functions in Derry for the, the field year, the 10th 11th of August. And then the Falls Park for the West Belfast field year um, on the 12th of August. And expecting 15-20,000 people there, so I'm looking forward to that. That should be good. It's always good to play that kind of audience as well when you're yeah. singing songs about Republican struggle. Yeah. You know, especially see a lot of young people there. You know, it may be 10 years' time, but they might even start their own band, you know what I mean? But ah, I'm sure we're in good hands. Just uh, one last question. Is there any plans for new recordings or new material that we... That's that we funny because we were talking about that the other day, but um, doing a couple of things, maybe a couple of things in the pipeline. Um, we'll wait and see. 21 years this year, you know what I mean? So we've not brought out a CD for a few years. So I think it's about time we start to get together and do something. But now me and Poggy were talking about it the start day, and me and Big Park were talking about it as well. I think we've watched a space type thing, do you know what I mean? But hopefully for this time next year we'll have a new album. Sounds CD. Good. Sounds good. So just to, to kind of wrap things up, we're going to have a wee live lounge session. You brought a, a couple of songs along to to perform for us today. Um, so what's your, what's your first song? Um, the Ballad of uh, George and Pop remembers uh, two young men from the Derry Brigade who were uh, killed in active service on uh, 28th of May 1981. song would be a guy called Paddy McGlinchey tells the, the kind of story. And it's funny because a few years back I was actually singing this song in, in a pub in Derry, Tracy's Bar. And there's a woman kind of sitting, kind of watching me kind of, kind of stern and I was making me a bit paranoid when I sang the song and then she came up and introduced herself after it and just happened to be George's wife Rosemary um, who I became very friendly with and for the last 15 years well, that's who I stay with you know what I mean in Derry when I was going there and became a very close friend of the family and she came over for the family functions, I was the exact same. And the, uh, George's son, Thomas, his two daughters, Kelly and Orla, would be very, very close family members uh, to me. Do you know what I mean? And so obviously that song means a lot because I know it's about their father. And also the Maguire family as well, I'm friendly with them. But the George and Pop song means an awful lot to me regarding just, just although I know the family, but the song itself, it tells the story too. Brave guys. Um, and the other two guys, it was on the with them that day. I became friendly with them over the years as well. So the, the song's kind of very important to me. Do you know what I mean? Very important to everybody. George and Pop. On the slopes of the Kragen One morning in May Four lads left the base With hard young gay the cause it was for freedom It's a cause London night And that foreign oppressor they went to the fight Whilst patrolling our streets They met with the foe And with guns at the ready Our lads had to go and so we'll raise up our hands And we'll curse at British lands Boots are meant to very hearts of men 
that dare to cross their path But my heart is broken too Won't you tell me what to do They couldn't stop her George and Bob And they'll not stop me The place it fell silent When the shooting died down Three young lads daily dead On the streets of her town It's another two lives lost In the sun going fight And in Derry were mourned On that fateful night and so we'll raise up our hands And we'll curse that British land Put to meant a very hard men That dare to cross their path But my heart it is broken too Won't you tell me what to do They couldn't stop her George and Pop And they'll not Stop me And you Of George and Pop Should I call that stone They died fighting for Derry Their own native home So always remember and don't ever forget They died fighting for Ireland We owe them a debt And so we'll raise up our hands And we'll curse that British land Who's are meant to very hard men That dare to cross their path but my heart it is broken too Won't you tell me what to do They couldn't stop our George and Pop And they'll not stop me and you And uh, for a second song you're going to play for us today uh, second songs another song that was recorded by Panga Ban who also recorded George and Pop this song itself was wrote by Jerry Bridesman who was a singer of Panga Ban's a song called Dead Before Revenge that tells the story of uh, the ten young men who paid the uh, ultimate sacrifice and gave their life in hunger strike uh, just through the years it's one of the songs that wherever you play whether it be Scotland Ireland Europe Anywhere, it's a song that uh, for some reason people show a bit of respect to and the words itself can explain it um, one of my memories is that song was on the, the 20th anniversary of the hunger strike in uh, 2001 the 5th of May Bobby Sands' 20th anniversary myself and another guy uh, travelled down to London we were part of the uh, committee for the anniversary uh, West of Scotland Band Alliance with a committee set up uh, for like, events that year we travelled down to London and we went to actually Margaret Thatcher's house. Uh, I was in about another 50 people when I sang that song. Right outside her front door and the police were everywhere and stuff. But it was just a, 
it's like a defying song, kind of basically explaining about, although it's uh, Margaret Thatcher, like, my eyes murdered them, um, and they'll always be remembered, and it's just a song that means an awful lot to me as well. Very popular song, and always dedicated to Tomboy Loudon, who is uh, Bobby Sands' cellmate, and every time Tomboy's in my company, I always sing it from always likes me singing. It just reminds me of Tomboy as well, and knowing that he was in the thick of the action, if you like, during that. That particular, that particular time of the struggle, do you know what I mean? And it's just a song. It's, I think the words itself tells the story about how these young men. It's going back to the other song as well. I picked a bit. If you tolerate this, then your children will be next. Do you know what I mean? So it, it kind of kicks in. These guys gave up their life for the future of their kids, grandkids, their grandkids, their kids. Do you know what I mean? So it's just a kind of song. It's the nail on the head, if you like. Tell me what you will Don't tell me what the saying For tomorrow it brings a new wind And the rain has gone away Within these walls I see the sun Shine on the hill Down into the valleys and amongst the daffodils When this war is over And I see your face again Then I will tell you Of the warriors who put death before revenge Here we starve in prison To support our fellow men with only a woolen blanket and a crucifix in our hands. Bitter screws and rats and give us hell, our spirit they cannot break. Hold your chin up, lad, keep marching on, we don't think she'll even too late. And when the war is over, and I see your face again Then I will tell you Of the warriors who put death before revenge Oh, Bobby was the first to go And Francis closed behind Her people streamed onto the streets To have faith was not a crime Faith is what those men had when they chose to join the fight. Our actions are political, can't I faster see it we right? And when the war is over and I see your face again, then I will tell you of the warriors who could death before revenge The days rolled by and two more died O'Hara and McCreech Abbot Thatcher chose to bite her lip The toil was not to cease Our barricades they went up by day and the bullets they hung by night How much longer can they take this path 
but still no end in sight and when the war is over and I see your face again then I will tell you of the warriors put dead before It's a dreadful thing that these men have joined the ranks of martyrs brave. It's ten too many cup and nails, it coldly to their grave. Oh, and did they only realize and thatcher mark as well? Cause they are ten more determined reasons just to break out of this hell and when the war is over and I see your face again then I will tell you of a warrior to put death before revenge Oh Heracuse the Cretan sands Socrates and Lynch McDonald, Herson, McAwee, can I thank you enough for coming along? Appreciate that again. Pleasure. Thanks very much for tuning in, folks. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to give us a like or a follow on social media. Just search The Rebel Collective on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. A special thanks to Alan Quinn for being our third guest on the show and tune in next month when we've got Keith Murray from The Jakes. Promises to be a great show. Thanks again. Speak to you soon. One even fair as a sunless This podcast is sponsored by Kelly's Bar, Oswald Street, Glasgow. Live Irish music every week from your favourite singers and bands. Check out the Kelly social media page for more information.